What's going on, Who That Nation? It is your truly TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you very much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast live on YouTube, Facebook, or, or Spotify, iHeart, wherever you're listening to it. Thank you very much. Really do appreciate it. And like always, I got a special guest, my big brother. Some of y'all know him. I'm pretty sure a lot of you know him. EJ Jones, what's going on, E? What's up, man? What's up, man? How y'all doing? What's up, who that nation? Yeah, man. Uh, win the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> man, thank you very much, E, man, for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. Got a lot to talk about tonight, or this morning, or this evening. I try to cover everybody. Uh, we got to talk about training camp, day two, with the pads on. Now, the New Orleans Saints, unlike on day one, they were outside. This practice... They were actually inside E, and they only had on shells, no, no, uh, no pads or anything like that on the legs or anything like that. <clears throat> but there were some bright spots in day two of training camp, man. And uh, one person that stood out was Janoris Jenkins, the cornerback that we got in the middle of the season from the New York Football Giants. He left on bad terms. Uh, one one team junk is another team treasure. You know what I'm saying? And, mm. and uh, Janoris Jenkins did an outstanding job today. He had the play of the day when he broke up a pass from newly acquired wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. So, he starting it off, Janoris Jenkins, man, what do you think he can bring to the New Orleans Saints team going into his his first full training camp with the Saints? Well, I think we could bring his uh, confidence. Right. Uh, the Saints can have confidence in knowing that their number two cornerback can't cover the teams one, two, three, or whatever uh, quarterback they have. I mean, whatever uh, wide receiver they have out there. Right, so, right. <clears throat> I think that's nothing but a benefit for him going out and having a benefit of a whole season with a team. Right. Especially a team that has high hopes, like the New Orleans Saints. But I, I do think he is – I always thought he was a good cornerback. When yeah. he was with the Rams, I always thought yeah. he was good. Yeah. Even with the Giants. I'm getting the Giants up, but I always thought he was good or whatever. And I do think, no, I do, I do think the Saints are the Sanford and son of an NFL when it comes to getting other teams trash and, and becoming treasure here in New Orleans. And I yeah. think he's a good example up there. So, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like with Janoris Jenkins, uh, I feel like Janoris Jenkins was kind of in limbo over the past few years in New York. He, you know, like. Man, man, we all didn't play 21, a hustle, as we call it in the world. <laughs> you know I mean, when you know that there's a, a strong possibility that you're not going to win the hustle game, like when everybody start playing, when you got about 10, 12 players out there, mm-hmm. you kind of, you know, play lax. You know, like, man, I ain't trying to get myself hurt. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to, you know, mess myself up for when we actually play a game. I ain't doing that. That's kind of what Janora Jenkins was doing. You know, Janora mm-hmm. Jenkins knew that the Giants – we're not that good. No, they won Super Bowl contenders. And I feel like he kind of phoned it in and people kind of forgot how good he was. 
And, and, and you alluded to that when it comes to the St. Louis Rams. There's a reason why the New York Giants paid him as much money as they did getting him from St. Louis. And I feel like now he feels he's with a championship team. He's with a team. All he has to do e, is do his job and do it well. You know, I arguably a lot of people not paying attention to this in the who that nation e. I would throw to Marshall and Lattimore side quicker than I would throw to Janoris Jenkins. This is a seasoned veteran that has proven that he can shut down the elite of the elite. So I agree with that one 100 percent. Yeah. Because I don't know who he was interviewing, but you've been busy the last two weeks. But <laughs> who did I you, 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 you I was talking agree. you was talking about how Dillon, I mean uh, uh Lattimore couldn't do anything with Adam Dillon from the uh, Vikings, yeah. which was true. I mean Saints have had bad luck with dealing. They have had bad luck with uh I can't believe I'm for the wide receiver just went to Buffalo from Minnesota. What's his name? FR Diggs. Yeah. Lord, no, I mean those two have been giving the Saints blues for like three years now. Yeah. And they don't they can't do anything with they they have they can stick Julio Jones. They did a good job on Mike Evans and a lot of other receivers, but those two Saints can't block them. And uh, I think Jenkins has done the best job out of any, any of the cornerbacks that we have. Oh, P.J. Yeah. Williams, he's been good in spots. But we'll be getting worked over when we play those two. Say, yeah. Thank goodness that Diggs isn't, isn't there no more. So, <laughs> goodness, Dillon, I mean, every time he plays the same, he has like eight, nine, ten catches or something like that. Oh, yeah, man. Look, I love Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn knows, man. I mean, Marshawn, you know, he has like uh, commented and you know what I'm saying, to me on social media on several occasions. He knows I feel like he is the best cornerback the Saints ever had. I still feel that way. But when it comes to Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen be giving that boy the business. You know, yeah. I always say this, E. You know, Adam Thielen is one of the best wide receivers in the league. The only yeah. reason why we don't acknowledge that, probably because he's a white boy doing it. You know True. what I mean? I'm just True. being honest. True. I mean, that's the reason why we really didn't look at people like Wes Welker. We didn't look, we don't look at people like Cooper Cup. Uh, we don't look at, you know what I'm saying, people like Jordy Nelson in that regard. Probably because they're white boys doing it. But Adam Thielen is a beast. I don't care yeah. what color he is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He can be he's black, fast, white, he catch, he's yeah. athletic, yeah. he got good size. We like 6'1, six, 6'2. Six, so he got good size. Yeah, uh Minnesota, I think with the Minnesota State. So he's like yeah. a native. He's probably going to play there for the rest of his career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not too many cornerbacks can stick this guy, like, one-on-one. No. On one. So Lattimore shouldn't feel too bad about that yeah. because, I mean, you pick a cornerback who's going to stick this man one-on-one. On one. Right. He, he'll, give, he'll give all the cornerbacks, Gilmore, I mean, all of them. He'll give them all problems. So. I mean, I mean, everybody, everybody has their kryptonite. E. Yeah. You know, like Devontae Parker is Steph, uh, Stephon Gilmore's kryptonite. He mm-hmm. has really big games against those guys. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, not, it's no shame of getting worked by Adam Thielen. I mean, this guy almost broke Michael Irvin's record for more consecutive 100 yard games. Mm-hmm. But uh, back to Janoris Jenkins, man, I just feel like in a wild card game in the playoffs. Man, he had Stefan Diggs on the sideline throwing his helmet around, frustrated. So mm-hmm. he brings a different dynamic and a swagger to mm-hmm. New Orleans. And I feel like opposite of Marshawn Lattimore, who is not a slouch in his own right, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there, there's a reason why the defense has been getting the best of the offense. 
But another person that stood out in practice and has been standing out in practice, he believe it or not, I could not believe this. PJ Williams. PJ Williams. I, I, t- I said this on the State of the Saints podcast a couple of days ago. I said, you can look at this two ways. You can look at it as if P.J. Williams turned a corner or the Saints <laughs> offense is looking like hot garbage, okay? But I think that the New Orleans Saints did a great job with something that I felt P.J. Williams needed to do in order to resurrect his career. And they moved him from the corner to the safety position. And, and defensive coordinator Dennis Allen says that he feels <laughs> he feels that PJ Williams <laughs> is a Swiss Army knife on defense. <laughs> Honestly, I, I can I can kind of the best. I would say the best game that PJ Williams ever had was that game against Minnesota. You remember the one on Sunday night but e, where he a, had the interception? But, but e a Swiss Army knife, bro. Like, okay, man, Cardell Stewart was a Swiss Army knife, okay? Michael Vick was a Swiss Army knife. Lamar Jackson, Taysom Hill is a Swiss Army knife. P.J. Williams gets a Swiss-like knife through butter when it comes to his cover skills. I wouldn't call him a Swiss Army knife. I call him, like, a spark. You know that thing that looks like a spoon when they got the prickly things like the fork? So, (laughs) since he's... Since he full, since he uh like free safety and cornerback, oh, I give him that. I don't think I give him like a a Swiss Army knife. Bro, the uh, only knife, the only knife e that we need to be discussing with PJ Williams is how the wide receiver slice through this guy like high hot knife through butter. You know what I'm saying? Like this man should be considered no knife, butter knife, <laughs> into knife, kitchen knife, uh, no no type of knife. You know what I'm saying? Like. Look, just say that you decided that the safety was the best position for him to be in. I think it is. I think that's a good spot for him. Uh, I think if he want to play the next three to five years, I think that's his spot. I think he should be like at a safety, like like a boundary type safety. Maybe somebody that could like come up kind of close to the line of scrimmage. Maybe blitz or do stuff. I think that works for him. But in coverage against wide receivers, physical or speedy one, I don't think that's I don't think that's him. If he got a cover for five to ten seconds, I don't think that's him. I think him coming down. I, I do think he is a good tackle. I think him coming down like as a free as a free safety or uh, strong safety or something like that. I think that's I, I think that'll work for him. But nickel corner, nah. Yeah, yeah, I one hundred percent agree with that. Um, it, look. Now I'm about to talk positive about PJ. He's the he's one of the best tacklers in the secondary. He's a better mm-hmm. tackler than Lattimore. He's a better tackler uh in, in summer. Well, he's definitely a better tackler than Marcus Williams. No doubt no, about that. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, um we need some tackling so lessons for him. The problem is he, he doesn't have good recovery speed. And yeah. I, this is what I don't understand. The Saints did the same thing with Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins coming out of Ohio State was a corner. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be a corner. He didn't have the speed to keep up with those elite wide receivers in the NFL. So the Saints realized, man, we got to move you to safety. Now he's a strong safety, and we seen what he did for the six seasons he was in Philadelphia. Mm. You know, so I feel like the Saints acknowledging P.J. Williams and understanding that he is not, I I repeat, is not an outside corner and should be, he shouldn't be affiliated 
No, no sir. way whatsoever. Being outside, being no. outside corner, that means no. either you going against Julio Jones or Mike Evans or uh, Moore from Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 8-9. Goodwin from Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah. No, nah, sir. He's he not on that level, E. And I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like the New Orleans Saints did the right thing moving him to safety. And honestly, his career – could possibly get resurrected e, in, in a form of a blessing in disguise because the reason why he played safety last year was because Von Bell and Marcus Williams went down in the middle of the season and the Saints were kind of you know you know they were they were kind of short uh, at, at the at the defensive and the secondary position so he had no choice to move to safety but he did a really good job and Dennis Allen Mike Nolan and and Aaron Glenn and the crew was like damn. Maybe we got something here. So I feel like, you know, it happened in a, in a way that we didn't necessarily want it to happen, but it was probably was the best scenario and the best situation to happen to P.J. Williams. But uh, right now, uh, I want to acknowledge the chat, E. You know, we got a lot of people up in here right now. Shouts out to uh, Jerry Poor. Got Chemo in the building. Mike is in here. David, Earl, uh, Dave, Dill Pickle, Jerry Poor once again commenting. Got my, my guy Tim all the way in Canada. E, we oh, old oh, Canada, what's yeah, up? Yeah, exactly, old oh, Canada, our mm-hmm. home in native <laughs> land. <laughs> so, thank y'all very much for being a part of the State of Saints podcast. We're about to uh, read some of the chat here. Uh, a lot of people chiming in. E, I want to start with Mike. Mike says, Uh, who that TJ? Uh, tapping in with your big dog. Love the interview, by the way. My boy, keep it up. Man, thank you very much, Mike. Uh, if you have not checked out the interview I conducted uh, with uh, with Jeff Duncan, uh, Jeff Duncan, you probably know him from Fox 8 down in New Orleans, WVUE. Uh, he also writes for The Athletic. Man, we talked a uh, really solid guy, man. And uh, he actually won an award. He, we talked about this off the air. He actually won an award for covering a story about my high school alma mater, man, Carver High School, man. They're trying to build a new stadium out there, man. So, and I mean, I looked up to Jeff Duncan, man, for a long time. You you remember, man? We used to get uh, rides from my grandmother. You know, saying the middle school, uh-huh. elementary school, and she used to stop on the corner. That guy used to be giving out newspapers and stuff yeah. like that. Which I, I realize now, e that that was pretty much illegal because all he did was take 50 cent, put it in the machine, take all the papers out, <laughs> take all the papers out and keep the money for himself. Apple, still. Exactly. exactly. How are you on the corner? Now, some of you probably know, you know what I'm saying? If you're from New Orleans, Ninth Ward, Eight Ward area, it was on the corner of St. Claude and Franklin, right by that McDonald's. <laughs> you used to catch the Franklin bus. Uh-huh. This guy used to take all of the newspapers out of the machine and hold them up like a newspaper boy, 1920 style, and sell them for 50 cents like it's his money. But nevertheless, um, I mean, you know, grandmama, you know, she used to, uh, you know, read the front page. She used to give us the sports page. We were excited to read it. And a lot of those articles, he came from Jeff Duncan, man. So he really influenced. He was one of those people that influenced me, man, to really fall in love with sports along with Jim Henderson, uh, Buddy D, man. I mean, the list goes on and on, man. But Check out their interview with Jeff Duncan. Um, Shouts out to Jeff Duncan, man. Uh, Great human being, man. And um, left me with some words of encouragement as well. So I I enjoyed doing that interview, man. It's not not every day you get to uh, interview somebody that influenced you as a kid. You know what I'm saying? So shouts out to him. Uh, Earl, 
Earl J. Brock says, what up, bro? Man, shouts out to Earl J. Brock. Earl J. Brock actually has his own podcast. Once again, Earl, make sure that you plug your podcast down below, man. Good, solid dude. Great podcast. If you're not listening to uh, Earl J.'s podcast, man, I don't know what's wrong with you, man. Good, solid content right there. We need that helmet, too. We need to do a. We need to do something on that helmet right there. We need to get a petition so we can get that helmet for next year. I like that. that's tight. That's tight. So you, so you loving the black helmet? Yeah, I like that. That okay. black helmet with that silver face. I like that. Dope, dope. Chemo also said, "Big brother EJ, man, giving you a shout out." Chemo, man. What's up, What's up Chemo Slice? How you doing? Yeah, man. Familiar to the State of the Saints podcast, a regular. E giving you some love. Uh, Brett says, "How's it going, TJ?" Brett. Brett Nort, man, a regular on the state of the Saints as well, man. Shouts out to you, Brett. Doing fine, man. Great. Uh, who that from Jersey? Dave is back, man. Dave was uh here earlier today. Um, he was on the State of the Saints podcast. He made some comments. So he's all the way in New Jersey, man. So the Who That Nation repping hard up there, man, in, in New Jersey. Shouts mm-hmm. out to Dave. Uh Dill Pickle, also a regular, says who that. Jerry Poe, of course, man, the OG of the State of the Saints podcast, mm-hmm. says the Jones brothers. So you know, and we also got Tim um donating five dollars once again representing Canada. Said Janora Jenkins came in uh and got an interception and Thielen couldn't do nothing against him. Either the first catch Thielen had Jenkins forced to fumble. Yep, that was he's talking about the wild mm-hmm. card game. He went mm-hmm. on Alan Thielen uh fumbled the football because of Janoris Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Janoris Jenkins is a is uh a disruptor, man. No doubt about that. You know, I think a lot of people have been sleeping on this guy because, the, once again, the Giants have sucked. I mean, uh, Eli Manning throwing more picks than Razor Ramon out here. Uh, hey, yo. <laughs> Daniel Jones is new, coming from Duke, man. So he, he's, uh, you know, he's learning the system. He's learning the NFL. So a lot of people have forgotten how good Janora Jenkins is. Mm. I'm just happy that he fell into the laps of the, lap yeah. of the New Orleans Saints. And he was willing e, to actually – restructure his contract in order for him to stay on with the Saints for the next two or three years. So it's a, a plus. And he understands, man. Like, I think when players e, get to a certain level or they get to a certain age, they realize that their NFL life is probably coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And, and they're more willing to negotiate contracts because they want to be with teams that can win Super Bowls. And, yeah, exactly. You want to mm-hmm. win rings because <laughs> – there's a reason why we have second we second guess players as great as they were, like Dan Marino, over mm-hmm. other people, you know what I'm saying, that have won Super Bowls in the past. Mm-hmm. So I think players will start to uh, realize that man, it's time to win a Super Bowl. Or I gotta really win a Super Bowl to mm-hmm. really submit myself in the sands of time according to the NFL. So I, I think uh this is one of those cases. <laughs> it is. I do think it is one of those cases. I mean, you look at if you're in the league more than 10 years, so your family's great. Right. And you don't really have to worry about money. You didn't made all the money probably that you're going to make right. as far as like a big contract. I mean, winning the Super Bowl is like the last thing that you really have yep. left yep. as you can say that you accomplished or whatever. Right. He probably has friends in the NFL that probably didn't win a Super Bowl or something like that. Yep. So, I mean, he's trying to – I mean, why waste his body and I guess his time on a losing team Right. And overcoming to a team that has a chance to have a Super Bowl or at least a playoff version or something like that. So he want to be a, a small piece in a team to win a Super Bowl. And I, I commend him for it. I'm not mad at him. I, do too. I mean, who wouldn't want to play for a winning team or whatever? 
Yeah, no doubt. We just have to. We just have to get over this hump. Yeah, I, I think with this, uh, it's very rare that you see a player who wins a Super Bowl uh, early in their career, and they're able to go to the highest bidder. Like I, I look at people like Janoris Jenkins, right? I mean, not Janoris, Malcolm Jenkins. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Jenkins won a Super Bowl his rookie season with the Saints. You know, mm-hmm. like, so, yeah. it, it, I mean, everything else is like, man, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? As, as long as I'm in the NFL, I mean, I won a Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. he went to Philly and he won another one. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So even if he didn't win a Super Bowl with Philly, he was straight. So anything else that he did was only adding to it. And because at the end of your career, you're like, and he won a Super Bowl. They're mm-hmm. not going to say he won a Super Bowl in his rookie season. They're going to mm-hmm. say, and he won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. People like Malcolm Brown. You know what I'm saying? Malcolm Brown can do that. Malcolm Brown yep. won two Super Bowls with the Patriots before he came to the Saints. Um, Malcolm Butler is another guy. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Won Super Bowls with the Patriots. Now he's out there. He can sell himself to the highest bidder in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And losing may not be that bad for him. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I got two Super Bowls. So, mm-hmm. with Janoris Jenkins, he doesn't have that luxury. He's been mm-hmm. good uh, for a long time yep. with St. Louis, with the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, man, it's time to win a Super Bowl. It's time for me to cement my legacy. You know, like I want to be a mention among the great. Mm-hmm. As, as good as Terrell Reeves was, man, he had to go to he had to go to New England e, in order for him to win a Super Bowl for him mm-hmm. to uh, cement himself. And possibly be a Hall of Famer as a shutdown corner. Mm-hmm. Richard Sherman is another guy, right? I mean, yep. think about this. Will we be talking about these guys in, in, in years to come if these guys didn't win Super Bowls? Probably not. E. They, we will probably remember how good they were, but mm-hmm. we probably won't give them the, the full respect they deserve because they don't have a ring. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, shouts out to Tim. He's also given $2, man. Thank you very much for the $2 donation. He said, I think he meant Swiss cheese. I, got <laughs> I guess he referred to PJ Williams uh, with the uh, with the Swiss Army knife uh, comment. I, I definitely mm-hmm. agree with you on that one. Definitely uh, Swiss cheese. Yeah, some, sometimes limber cheese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Giant uh, says, uh, who that, TJ? Uh, the interview with uh, love the interview with Jeff Duncan today, man. Thank you very much, John. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Kelly says, "What's up with the new tight end we just signed?" Uh, Trust me. Uh, oh, no, no, not, not Adam Trotman. We're talking Wolf. about Ethan Wolf. Yeah, Ethan yeah, Wolf. Yeah, he, man. He, you been uh, you watch a lot of SEC football, man. I mean, you collect the magazines. Uh, it's no, it's no uh, surprise to anybody that's been watching the State of the Saints podcast, man. You have influenced me to actually go in this direction in, in my career as being a, a sports uh, media journalist and all that kind of stuff, man. So what do you know uh, about uh, Ethan Wolf? Uh, you know, I watched him play at Tennessee, but uh, what did you see in him that you feel like he can bring to the Saints? I mean, as far as like his film and everything at Tennessee – Everybody knows Tennessee hasn't had like the, the best of teams the last three to five years. So you're gonna have to really look at this dude's scouting report. Mm-hmm. I could pretty say I pretty much say he's deceptive. He got like deceptive speed. He's a nice size tight end. Right. He will block. Yeah. But I think what he does best is a catch. I think yeah. he is like a catching like tight end. Uh-huh. Uh he will block more than some of the tight ends that we have in the league now, but 
he's a good catcher. May not be the fastest person. Like I said, his speed is kind of deceptive, but he'll catch the ball. Uh, what I've seen, I mean, those mitts of his, they, 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 they don't drop too many balls. That's right. what I've seen. Yeah. Like I said, Tennessee doesn't really have – they didn't really throw the ball too much. Yeah. I mean, the team really hasn't been too good, so – they're kind of limited to what you can see, for like, from him. But, like I said, at Tennessee, you know, his blocking was on point. But as far as his catching, I think his biggest attribute would be his catching ability, I think. Yeah. I mean, he had uh, almost 1,000 yards receiving um, his final mm-hmm. season at Tennessee. And he was a red zone threat. He, and um, then the guy names escapes me, but he ended up he playing for Jacksonville right now. I can't think of his name. He was the quarterback at the time when Ethan Wolf was there. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure somebody probably know what I'm talking about. Put his name down in the chat. But like you said, uh, Tennessee uh, didn't really have good quarterback play. You know, that's the reason why people like uh, Marquez Cal- uh, Callaway struggled. People like uh, um, Alvin Kamara, you know what I'm saying? Nobody really knew that much about him. And people like Ethan Wolf really didn't get the recognition. Because uh, honestly, man, like, you know, I feel like if he had – a decent quarterback, we probably would be yeah. talking about him like we talk about Hunter Henry out there in Arkansas. Yeah. The thing about Hunter Henry, I mean, he had, what, Ryan Mallett for a few years, yeah. you know what I'm saying, before, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like Hunter Henry was one of those guys that Ethan Wolf could have been. But, yeah. of course, you know, the quarterback play wasn't that good. But uh, I feel like he brings a body to camp. I mean, we, mm. we have to understand, man, Josh Hill is out right now. Josh Hill has been dealing with injuries. I think he had offseason surgery or something like that. So the Saints understood what they were actually getting. But this is a great opportunity for Ethan Wolf. You know, this is a great opportunity for him. Whether it is with the Saints or some other team, this is an opportunity for you to put some stuff on film in order for you to go out here and possibly land with another with another team. Now, I do feel like e, it is a uphill battle for him. It's oh, yeah. uphill. Because, I mean, you got to think about Jared Cook. Uh, you got to think about Adam Trotman. Josh mm-hmm. Hill when he comes back. Then we're hearing about Tommy Stevens, who's converting from quarterback to tight end. Okay, so it's going to be tough for him. But there is a chance that he can put something on film that can possibly lead him to special teams. Maybe an opportunity with another organization. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's up to him to uh, take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, Miguel says, September 13th, welcome to the Dome. Hope you make it home. Who that? Mm-hmm. guess he's talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with that. So, hopefully we get that W, man. Uh, Keen Arthur says, EJ, do you see AK getting 1,000 yards receiving and 1,000 yards rushing? I hope so. I really do. I mean, he had the potential and the talent to do something like that. Chris McCaffrey is known in Carolina. Right. I, I see him. I don't see him doing all of that because we don't rely on Kamara more than anybody else. Right. But I, this 100 yards receiving in, yeah, I think he can do this. And I predict him doing it. Right. I mean, I think I put threw up some stats for y'all. I think I had like almost 1,000 yards receiving, but I can see him doing this. Right. I really do. I really can. If they give him over like 200 calories, uh, about to say calories, <laughs> I must be hungry. If they give him like over 200 uh, carries, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he could do that on the ground and receiving. You know, he's going to have like 80 catches. Right. So I, I predict him doing this. I mean, a good yeah. chance. I'm like 75% sure that he can do this. Right. I agree. Well, you know, 
I agree with what you just said uh, at the beginning of uh, uh, about Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is the bread and butter of Carolina. You know, I mean, there were a lot. Exactly. Juice, the macaroni. I, I definitely <laughs> believe that. Uh, I definitely believe e, that Teddy Bridgewater is going to rely heavily on mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey because he did the same thing with Elvin Kamara when Drew Brees went out. So yep. the way that the Saints are structured, I don't see him being a 1,000-1,000 type player. But when I had an interview with Mike Triplett, um, he talked a little bit about that. You know, or it could have been um, – Nick Under no, it was Nick Underhill. Nick Underhill said that Elvin Kamara was on pace to gain about uh, 1,900 yards from scrimmage before he actually got hurt at the Seattle game. So it's attainable, but I don't know if the Saints are going to use him to that particular point. So I don't know. It might be close. He might get close to it. Might be seventeen hundred. I can even see sixteen hundred, but I can't see two thousand. Man, uh, the truth hurts. Says who that from North Las Vegas? Can't wait for week two when the Saints come here. <laughs> Shouts out to the truth hurts all the way in Las Vegas, Nevada, man. Uh, casual Dex, man, my guy says anybody hear anything about Adam Trotman? Their training camp. Uh, casual, yes, I did. Um, they've been ranting and raving about him. They said that he can, and this is coming from Nick Underhill. I read his article today, and I encourage you all to check it out on uh, New Orleans.football, uh, his website. Uh, he talked a little bit about Adam Trotman. He said Adam Trotman is a really good pass catcher, a little raw when it comes to the blocking. But, I mean, that comes with the territory. I mean, he came from Dayton. It's a, it's a completely different animal that we're dealing with, coming from Dayton to the National Football League coming from a small school to playing major NFL football here. So it's, he's going to have some growing pains. But Nick uh, followed up by saying if he, he gets this blocking, uh, you know, to a good, you know, comfortable spot, he can be a uh, he can be a threat. So uh, he, uh, what do you think about Adam Trotman, man? And you think he's going to be one of those guys that could possibly be the next big tight end in a, in a National Football League? Oh, um, I, I, yeah, I do, do think he's going to need some, you know, brushing up and go back to school, if you will. Right. I mean, let, let's be real. Tight ends in the NFL nowadays, like how much blocking they really do? I mean, you look at George Kittle. How much blocking you think he doing? He getting on field, making catches, making cornerbacks look stupid. That's what he doing. Right. Right. Either you're a pass catcher tight end or you're a blocking tight end. Yeah. They really don't have too many. Input. This ain't 1990 or 1980 where you got a Jay Noble check. Somebody who might give you 20 catches a year, right. <laughs> but block for Emmitt Smith right. about 20, 30 times a game. I mean, the NFL has changed. I mean, right. they want tight ends like O.J. Howard, somehow uh, Evan Ingram, somebody who can run downfield and make catches. Right. They're not doing too much too much blocking. Yeah. You got running backs who does the blocking. AD, like I said, either a pass catching tight end or blocking tight end. Yeah. We just have to find out exactly what Adam Trotman is. Man. Uh, from 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 everything that I hear, he's a pass catching tight end. Yeah. So if I know Sean Payton, he can put him in positions to catch passes pretty much, right. and don't put him in as many positions to block. Right. So well, well, he um, you know, not to dismiss what you what you're saying. Um, uh, the part about what you said about uh George Kittle, George Kittle is not afraid to block. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, I, I mean, he's, he's one of the best blocking tight ends in in the NFL. Uh, you don't really see, uh, I, I guess what I would say 
is that you don't see the guys that have the combinations. That's the reason why we look at people like Rob Gronkowski. He's a guy that can actually block and catch the football. Mm. George Kittle is a guy that can block and catch the football. Uh, somebody like Travis Kelsey is more of a pass catcher tight end. Mm. You know, uh, uh, somebody like Jimmy Graham, you know, yeah, they're more yeah. like pass catching tight ends. Mm. Josh Hill is the Saints Jay Novacek. If we're talking yeah, about, yeah, true. if you're comparing Jay Novacek's uh, as far as uh, tight ends, mm. Josh Hill is the Jay Novacek of the New Orleans Saints. True. But e, that is something that is very, very important. Notice that teams that have those type of tight ends that can pass catch. They always have a tight end that is good at blocking, okay? Mm -hmm. They always have that guy that is not afraid to get his hands dirty and that can block. And you usually see him doing goal line situations a la Josh Hill, right? Josh Hill yep. uh, does most of his damage uh, um, in, a go in, in the red zone, right? Mm -hmm. So on the goal line. So you need those guys. Those guys are not pass safe. It's just the fact that we don't pay attention to those guys because they're not as sexy as a Travis Kelsey or yeah. they're not as sexy as a Jimmy Graham or an Antonio Gates, if I can go back a little bit further, or Tony Gonzalez. Mm. Those guys could block. Well, not Jimmy Graham. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they. you know what I'm saying? You, you pay more attention to the guys that actually catch the football at the tight end position. But there are guys that are still getting their hands dirty. And there's there are guys that are tight ends that can pass catch and still get their hands dirty. Yeah. That we we definitely gotta uh you know acknowledge. But Josh Hill is definitely the Jay Novacek of the Saints. Uh Miguel uh Miguel says we are going to make Brady cry. <laughs> well, I, I hope so, man. Uh, but we make him cry twice. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree, man. You know, uh Tom Brady, I hope we make him cry, but Tom Brady has been in the league for 21 years, so there's not much defense he has not seen. It's going to be a tough game, folks. Uh, Keen Arthur says, uh, what's a formation you guys uh, would want us to implement into the offense? Uh, e, uh, what what formation do you feel like the Saints need to uh, utilize more? Honestly, I would like to see the Saints utilize the offense with Kamara and Murray in the game at the same time. Okay. Uh, maybe like it could be like a let's see if we got some offensive linemen, maybe two wides, right. Murray and uh Kamara, maybe in the backfield. You have Murray maybe lined up as a free as a fullback, right? Kamara lined up as a uh, as a running back or something like that. So you yeah, want to see more, you want to see more twin formations here. Yeah, you can you can okay. split them all, you can split them all wide and split them out in like the eye formation or something like that. Right, right, right. Sneak Hill out, maybe as a wide receiver or whatever. Have Michael Thomas, Sanders, and Hill in the game as wide receivers or something like that. And just put those two in the game. Run a formation like that. You can run out of that. I mean, you can pass out of that formation. I mean, flea flicker type stuff. You can do a lot with that kind of formation. Line them boys, line somebody up in a pistol. A direct snap to Kamara, something like that, because we never see direct snaps to Elvin Kamara. Right. Yeah, I, I think I probably would want to see that, but I think that would be an in interesting formation for the Saints. Right. Well, uh, uh, if if I could pick, like, a formation I would like to see, I'd like to see Emmanuel Sanders out of the backfield. Uh, I would mm. like to see him um, uh, possibly throw a pass down the field. Uh, we've seen that actually be successful. Uh, when we played the 49ers, when he was in the 49ers uniform last year, we know he has uh, some arm strength there. Um, I think that you're going to see that, though, E. You know, I think you're going to see some exotic plays. 
And I would also like to see the Saints actually, you know what I'm saying, use Taysom Hill, you know what I'm saying, to run the ball out of backfield. Mm-hmm. We we've seen this, uh, we've seen this with uh with Smith out there in uh in Tennessee. It was a play that actually scored them a touchdown against the Saints. Uh when they, when they took uh Johnu Smith and, and they and they handed him off the ball and he scored a touchdown on the Saints. So I, I want to see more of those, those type of plays, man. You got the players to actually make those plays a reality. So why not utilize that? And I also would like to see more delay handoffs. You know, like I feel like uh when you're going to come to Latavius Murray, a big six foot one, six foot two, 225 pound guy. I mean, this guy lean forward, he, he can get you three yards. You know, yep. so I, I feel like we need to uh, work, we need to uh, see more delay handoff too out of the shotgun there. So that's what, that's some plays that I would actually uh, implement into the uh, the offense. Uh, Vine says, do you think Beanie Fowler will be a legit threat for us? Uh, good question, Vaughn. Uh, e, I'll start with this one. Um, I feel like Beanie Fowler is going to do most of his damage on special teams. And, and the reason why I say this, E, is because, well, Sean Payton mentioned it in his press conference today. <laughs> he said uh, he felt like, you know, he would do more uh, in a kicking game due to his size at wide receiver. So, I mean, that's that's what Sean Payton is looking at him as, you know. Uh I will say, you know, I mean, the fact that Drew Brees uh, actually vouched for him because he actually practiced alongside uh, Drew Brees and Emmanuel Sanders out in Colorado, which is what brought him to New Orleans. But at the same time, let's be serious about this, folks. Uh, Beanie Fowler is not one of those guys that's going to be a life-changing wide receiver, okay? If he was, <laughs> then he'll probably be on somebody else's team. All right, this is a special teamer at best. Possibly if somebody get hurt, maybe can run a slack, make become a disruption, move somebody out of the way for Michael Thomas to catch the ball. Okay, so that's the way I feel about being a follower. So, E, what do you think about being a follower? Do you think he's going to be a legit threat in a black and gold uniform? Well, like you said, I agree with you. If Sean, if Sean Payton said that it's coming from the horse's mouth, uh, at best, fourth, fourth, fifth, or sixth receiver, uh, he's somebody that can, you know, contribute. Um, hell, if you can give us a, a contribution on special teams, I take it. The right. special teams is is really important. A lot of people don't see that as being important, but that just as important, if, especially if you want to switch the momentum back to your side. So, whether you're blocking or returning on special teams, and I take it. But I mean, let's see, wilds everybody in training camp, like you said. I mean, we pretty much said that wide receiver anyway. But here's the thing, though. You know, we're in this COVID state and everything. You know, the right. stadium is going to be clearing all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't have a preseason. Right. So, they're going to have a lot of injuries this year. And if, yeah, you might, I mean, yeah. you might as well just admit no it because we don't have a preseason. We don't really have a training camp. I mean, what we going through now is a training camp, but we didn't really have a, you know, the OTA thing or whatever. So, we didn't have that. So, right. we will have injuries and you will need extra players. So, Fact of the matter is, we need all the players that we can get for this season because the season starts uh, September the 13th, and that's like three, maybe four weeks away. Right. So we need like all the players that we can get, just in case we have those injuries. I mean, like you can never expect injuries, but just in case we have injuries, we, we just need bodies. Yeah. And I think he's one of those people that he's good to have. And then Sean Payton and Drew Brees. 
see somewhere where he can play a position where he can play, then I'm going to jump on that bag, way. Yeah, E, this is an unconventional season, to say the least, man. I mean, come on, man. 2020 has been an absolute train wreck. I mean, it's been <laughs> one tragedy after another. Uh, but at the same time, E, this is going to be the year where teams are going to do things unconventional. Now, normally the New Orleans Saints normally carry about six wide receivers. I feel like this year, E, due to COVID-19, you don't know if guys are going to go down due to coronavirus, might have to sit out a game or two. Mm-hmm. I think the Saints are going to carry eight wide receivers, okay? I, I really feel that way. I feel like they're going to carry eight wide receivers um, this season. I don't know if the NFL is going to allow uh, teams to actually carry more players, which I feel like they should. They I feel should. Like they allow they, them to do these circumstances. And those practice squads should be bigger. I think you have eight to ten on your practice. I could be wrong, just guessing. I think you have eight to ten on your practice. I think they should bump that up to at least this year, maybe 14 or 16 people on a practice squad because you know when somebody gets hurt, they're going to call that person up from that practice squad to that active roster. I think they should bump that up. Absolutely. Uh, No argument here, bro. You're absolutely right. Uh, King Arthur also says, uh, EJ, uh, there's any cornerbacks at camp that you're watching. Uh, what are the measurables of Keep Washington? Not the singer, E. Not, not, not That's what I was thinking about. You about to have me singing up here. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's talking about a six-foot-one, 205-pound cornerback out of West Virginia, man. The guy <laughs> who has a great length, uh, which I feel like he does is he would do his damage in the nickel because of his length. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know how familiar you are with Keep Washington, man, but um, – a lot of people in the Who That Nation, especially here on the State of the Saints podcast, are very high on this guy. So, do you know anything about Keith Washington? Uh, I don't know. I don't know too much about him. Uh, I'm gonna try to get down there to training camp, see what I can see tomorrow, okay. do some research on him. I have seen West Virginia, but yeah, I'm gonna have to look up, go through some of his film or whatever, and look him up because if you if those measurables right, six one two oh five, I mean that's pretty big for a cornerback. I mean, that make him kind of versatile. I mean, he could be a cornerback. He could be so like one of them tween of the guys, play close to the line of scrimmage or something like that. The Saints seem like they just stockpiling players, it seems like. And I guess every team in the league is doing that, like I said, because of this COVID thing. I mean, you don't want to leave no stone unturned or whatever. Right. So if it's Keith Washington, if, like I said, if, if you can contribute, I mean, you could tell if the Saints see a future for a player. Because they're gonna put them on special teams. If there's no room, say like at corner or free safety, right. they're gonna put them on special teams. If that don't work, if he's not ready, they're gonna put him on the practice squad. If that don't work, they may release him, but they're gonna have a number his number that number in that a black book it is. Right. So I mean, I'm about to look at some take of Keith Washington or whatever, not the singer, the football player, <laughs> and uh, look and see what what he's working with. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Keep watching. I mean, he has some great measurables, man. But I agree with what you said about the Saints uh, actually hiding guys out. Um, I don't feel like it's a coincidence that every player that the Saints release end up being on the team. Um, Christian Hogan got signed by the Texans today. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that tells you everything that you need to know about the New Orleans Saints and uh, how people feel about the players that they select. Uh, Miguel says, uh, we got it going on. Uh, one, the dome making people cry, sending them home. Uh, he definitely, he definitely wants some tears in um, Tom Brady's eyes. Uh, Vine uh, Tay says, uh, but camp just started. He'll be good. He was referring to Adam Trotman. 
Uh, I think this comes from the comment that uh, it said Adam Trotman, not much really. Well, I mean, it's not much that you're going to see. And, and we have to understand, uh, Vine, let's, let's, let's give guys a break. And I'm glad that you said that he'll be he'll be good. No OTAs, no minicamp, no rookie uh, training camp at all for these players. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's very unconventional. Um, Adam Trotman, I mean, he's going through growing pains. He's basically learning stuff that he should have been learning in OTAs and many. So we got to get these guys a break and get these guys an opportunity to get coached up and develop and be where we need them to be. I mean, I mean, it's, it's going to take some time. Guys, and I'm asking everybody in the Huda Nation to be patient with some of these rookies. Like, you might see Zach Bond making mistakes. You might see Cesar Ruiz making mistakes. You might see Adam Trotman making mistakes. But these guys need reps. No preseason, okay? So you're probably going to be seeing guys make mistakes week one against Tom Brady, week two against the Las Vegas Raiders, week three against, you know, like they're going to be making mistakes. So we have to be patient with these guys and understand that some of the, the, the activities that they're supposed to take a part in in all season did not happen. So let's 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 take that into consideration. Uh Tim, thank you very much for the ten dollars. He says, honestly, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I want that Super Bowl this year for Cam Jordan. Way more than Drew. He's such a saint and he's been with us for a decade. Uh thank you very much for the ten dollars, Tim. Look, I think everybody in the Who That Nation is a fan of Cam Jordan. Uh Cam Jordan is black and gold through and through. Uh, he loves being a part of the organization. He's a funny guy. He's very entertaining. Uh, he definitely has the career in broadcasting once he he hangs it up. And uh, I think he wants that sack record that's owned by Ricky Jackson, man. He, um, what do you think about Cam Jordan, man? What does Cam Jordan mean to you um, as, as a Saints fan? Well, for one, I think he has the best Jerry Carroll I've ever seen anybody have in my, in my life. I mean, that boy let that. Yeah, that boy really letting that soul blow up. <laughs> oh, so silky smooth and That boy there. One minute he'll come with a Jerry Carroll. Next minute he had a handlebar mustache or whatever. I mean, it dude was a clown. But at the same time, everybody on the team, from where I hear, they like him. I mean, yeah. the dude work hard. I mean, you know, he's a second-generation football player with us. Right. So uh, I mean, everybody, everybody in the league, like I never heard, really heard a harsh word about Cam Jordan. Oh no, uh, no. offensive lineman might not have nothing good to say about him because he he he, he don't have an off switch. Right. I mean, he never comes out of the game. I mean, mm-hmm. he never misses a game. I mean, what can I mean? Really, don't have nothing bad to say about a Cam Jordan. Uh-huh. And I would want to. You know, want the Saints to win a Super. I will want that man to get a Super Bowl or whatever. Because yeah. I think when he gets a Super Bowl, then he he's taking his claim to the Hall of Fame. I'm thinking because you know he coming off with his his fifth uh, Pro Bowl appearance or whatever. He been first team the last what the last two years or this year or something like that. But yeah. I think he's gonna break every Saints sack record that they have or whatever. Right. I do think that he gonna wind up a Hall of Famer one 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 when he when he retires. Yeah, and I do think he's a clown. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> laugh thinking about him. Yeah, he's definitely a funny guy, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think he's uh, building a resume for the for the Hall of Fame, but mm-hmm. a Super Bowl will make his uh, resume look a little bit more attractive. So yep. hopefully he can get it done, man. Hopefully he can get it done. Uh, Shouts out to Peyton. Peyton says, 
looking for big things out of Devontae Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devontae Harris, um, we know what he can do on special teams. He, um, you know, explosive, can switch the field in a minute. Me personally, I feel like uh, he was the bright spot in that San Francisco game. Clearly was the bright spot in the Seattle Seahawks game when he returned a punt for a touchdown, something the Saints didn't do in some years. Uh, but do you think he's going to take that extra step this season as a wide receiver? The one thing about the NFL nowadays, the last five years, you got to get your speed on the field. Right. As many speedy – any speedy guy that you have, you got to try to get them all on the field at the same time. Right. Because, I mean, you want to look for mismatches. Emmanuel Sanders, he has speed. Uh, Devontae Harris, he has speed. Uh, Hill, he has speed, even though he's not a wide receiver. I mean, now that's a real Swiss Army knife right there. You get him in the game with those three, I mean, that's a lot of speed. So I do think he will see more catches uh, going into this year or whatever with Drew Brees actually – Playing through the whole season, yeah. Uh, you just got to be careful going through all this COVID stuff, and we didn't have an OTA, right. not to maybe wear him out or whatever, because you wear a player out, that's the higher likelihood of him getting injured. So we don't want to overuse him because he does do kickoffs, he does do punts, and if he did more offense, that might you know run a risk of wearing him out. But uh, I would like to see him more on offense, though. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he's going to um, be one of those guys that take that extra step. If you notice, like, late in the season, you start to see a little bit more of Devontae Harris because they added more to his plate. And uh, Sean Payton alluded to this, um, you know, in, in a press conference. He said, we started to add more to his plate, and he played tremendously well. So if Sean Payton is saying that about you, saying that, okay, we're adding more to your plate, we're adding more plays – and you rise to the occasion, you might be seeing him a lot more than we've seen him earlier last season. Okay, not just the special teams, but actually playing on the field. Uh, we've seen him like in wide receiver screens. Uh, we've seen him uh, catch a ball, uh, a ball down the field from Taysom Hill in a wild card game. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just the beginning of what uh, Demonte Harris could possibly do in the Saints uniform. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of him uh, in the future. Uh, that Sean says, I wonder how much of a change adding Malcolm Jenkins to the backfield will help the defense. Well, uh, that Sean, uh, I feel like this. When you have a guy that is a seasoned veteran, when you have a guy that's a Super Bowl champion, when you got a guy that's a leader, that's been a captain on, on other teams, he's been a captain for the Saints. He's a guy that's a leader on and off the field. And there's not many offenses that he has not seen. Is already a plus, okay? Because you have a lot of young players that are part of New Orleans Saints organization may not see the field the way Malcolm Jenkins sees it. And he can tell those guys, um, well, this is where you need to be. Focus on this. And I think Amy just actually wrote an article. Uh, she writes for The Advocate. She says that there's not much uh, there's, there's, uh Drew Brees can possibly do. There was a lot of check downs today. A lot of check downs, E. A, a lot of passes that were not thrown past 15 yards because you have Malcolm Jenkins out there and you have Marcus Williams covering the middle of the field. Okay, so I'm pretty sure some communication is going on and definitely some leadership in the secondary is going mm-hmm. on. He definitely sealed that up for the secondary, something I feel like the secondary needed, a guy mm-hmm. who has been a champion 
it, it is hard for a person who has never had a championship to mm-hmm. avoid the the, the worst <clears throat> who actually has two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just like you need, just like you have a quarterback, you want a quarterback that's a leader, you want a quarterback that's smart, somebody that going to make check downs and right. make audibles. <clears throat> you want a cornerback or you want a free safety that's a quarterback, somebody that's real smart. I mean, this dude is in the Players Association. I mean, he's real smart. He's articulate when you talk to him. But he also knows offenses or whatever. He can make those checks. But this young secondary that we got – uh, on the Saints team, he put them in the right positions to, to be successful. Right, and like you said, there's no substitute for somebody who won two Super Bowls or whatever. True. So he go up in the room. I mean, when he talk, you bet you better believe this secondary. You know they're gonna listen. Oh no doubt. And you got even more Sean Landmore. He's the Pro Bowler, but you know he's gonna listen to a Malcolm Jenkins. Right. That this guy's been in the league. He's been around. He got those two Super Bowl rings just shining. Right. So they're gonna listen to him or whatever. Right. And like I said, man, it's not many offenses that he didn't see. So, I mean, why wouldn't you want to listen to a guy like that? That's just my opinion. Uh, Casual Deck says, uh, who are you and EJ uh, most excited to see play this season? E, I'll go ahead and let, let's start with you. Well, who are you more excited to see this season in the Saints uniform? Y'all might laugh at me for saying this, but I really want to see Shelton Rankins come back and be the force he was before he got hurt. I want to really see Davenport take that next step. I'm not giving y'all more than one person. Mm-hmm. But I really want to see Devin, Davenport back this talk up like he want to be better than Cam Jordan. Right. I mean, a lot of people like snicker when he said that, but I'm like, oh, okay, that's good, that's cool. He has 16 and a half sacks and Cam Jordan have 15. I deal with that. That'll right. work. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if we could get these two, you know, healthy, where they can play, you know, all of the games this year, you know, I think that's going to – Pay dividends for the Saints this year. Yeah, um, he, I mean that, that's that's not funny at all. I mean, a lot of people in the Huda Nation they they want to see those guys take that extra step. So I'm pretty sure nobody's laughing at the, the guys that you selected. Um, me, I, I say Marcus Williams. Look, um, mm-hmm. Marcus Williams uh, going to a contract year. It's time to get paid, Marcus. You know, I don't know if you watch the State of the Saints podcast or not, but I'm talking to you right now. You have all the talent in the world to be one of the best safeties in the league. Pro football focus actually puts you in that category. But you know, and I know, that there is a lot to be desired when it comes to you playing safety. Um, he, he bulked up E. I think they said he got up to about 205 pounds. He looks bigger. They said that might help him with the tackling. Marcus Williams needs to step it up, okay? Yeah, you're a ball hawk. And, yeah, you cover a lot of damn field. But when it comes to the clutch moments of the game, okay, when it matters most, when the game is on the line and the chips are on the table, can you deliver? Because the New Orleans Saints organization has been waiting for you to deliver for three years, okay? Mm -hmm. Look, the Minneapolis miracle, it was unfortunate. I feel like the New Orleans Saints – were put in that position. They were red hot going into the playoffs. But I can understand because the Vikings were red hot that entire season. And who's to say that they would have beaten the Philadelphia Eagles? Who knows, okay? But for years, we have seen you, in crucial parts of the game, give up big plays. And as a Saints fan, a guy who likes you a lot, I'm kind (laughs) of sick of it, bro. 
And I think a lot of people in the Huda Nation are sick of it too. And I'm tired of defending you. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired of defending you and saying, oh, you're not that bad. You're not that bad. But it would make things so much easier if you actually do something that people can hold their hat on. Hang their hat on, excuse me. Hang their hat on. Please. That's all I'm saying. That is somebody that I am waiting for to take that extra step. When a guy has all the tools, have all the skills, Marcus Williams reminds me of a six foot ten guy. Okay, let's just say he playing at Planet Fitness or, or LA Fitness, wherever they got a basketball court, twenty four hour fitness. He's six foot ten, but he letting a five foot ten dude dunk on him. Something is wrong with that. Okay, something is clearly wrong. Marcus Williams has all the talent in the world to be one of the best safeties in the league, and the only person that's stopping Marcus Williams is Marcus Williams. So that is a person I feel like I want to see, and I'm excited to see, step up and take his rightful place as being one of the best safeties in the league. You know, it's football season. Hmm? They're giving Marcus Williams an ultimatum. Put right. up a shut up. I mean, it's time, man. Like, he does a lot of great things. I'm not saying that he's slow. I'm not saying he trades because he's not. I'm just saying, step it up, bro. Young Don says – Thoughts on Ty Montgomery. Great talent. Uh, thrives in a system where he has an offensive-minded coach. We've seen him thrive when he played for the Green Bay Packers with Mike McCartney. And I feel like Sean Payton is a better offensive play caller than Mike McCartney, even though Mike McCartney is not a slouch. But Ty mm-hmm. Montgomery has been one of those guys that have been a bright spot at training camp. People have been talking about how he's been making people miss. Uh, he, he's been catching a ball out of backfield E and catch and, and, and take a load of this, get a load of this. He actually has been playing in a slot, catching passes in a slot. So Ty Montgomery has been doing an outstanding job in a Saints uniform. But E, what do you think about Ty Montgomery, man? Well, if you can remember Ty Montgomery in college, he was a wide receiver. He was moved when he got to Green Bay. He was using a wide receiver, but they had injuries at running back. Right. And from then on in, he started playing – running back or whatever. But he's at, like, his natural position as a wide receiver. Um, I think Sean Payton likes toys, but he has a lot of players that, you know, he can toy with and do different things with, Taysom Hill. Now he has, like, a Todd Montgomery. This is somebody that could be a punt returner, uh, assist on punts, kick returner, assist on kicks. He could be a running back. He could be a wide receiver. If you need a halfback pass or something, he could even do that. (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of things that this dude can do. And I think Sean Payton likes players like this. Right. You know, he just moved Stevens to tight end. You still have Taysom Hill. You got Devontae Harris. Right. So he has, like, a lot of toys to play with. Mm-hmm. And you know he's been having a real busy summer, especially since they didn't have OTAs to create some plays for these guys. Right. And I think somebody like this dude, he stands to benefit. He's on special teams on offense. Right. Well, you know, I, I think Todd Montgomery um, definitely uh, fits uh, the Saints' offense. Uh, I mean, he does a lot of good things, and uh, the fact that he can't catch the ball, uh, they can line him up in the slot, he can run the ball out of the backfield. It, it, it brings an interesting dynamic to the New Orleans Saints, and we know he's smart because he went to Stanford, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ray Long says, uh, I'm really excited about Ruiz, but Bond excites me more. Uh, with his potential as linebacker, but even more as they pass rusher. Uh, Zach Bond, to me, is uh, one of those guys 
who reminds me of Haloi Kakaha, okay? Because mm. Haloi Kakaha is a guy that they actually considered a linebacker, mm. but he actually led the NCAA coming out of college from Washington in sacks. Mm. Yep. Okay, so Zach Bond is one of those guys that can put his hand on the ground, and I feel like it's really going to help in those NASCAR packages on third mm. down when they're trying to get home to the quarterback. His issue is not with his hand on the ground. It's standing up. And, and the Saints are trying to help him make this transition. And everybody, I mean, everybody that has come on the State of the Saints podcast that have been covering the team has been ranting and raving about this guy because, he, I mean, he played running back in high school. Uh, he, he ran track. I mean, he has so many skills. He's sideline to sidelines, a very smart player. We already know, man, going to Wisconsin – it's two things that, that you're going to thrive, right? If you're a linebacker or offensive lineman, no. I mean, for the love of God, you're going to be in the NFL. So yep. he's one of those guys that, you know, that a lot of teams wish they had. And according to Pro, Pro Football Focus, he, the guys that a lot of people know who that nation wanted, Patrick Queen out of LSU and Kenny Murray out of Oklahoma, he ranked higher than those guys. Mm. So the Saints found them in the third round, dude. So I feel like if he can actually master the concept of standing up, my goodness, we might have something special here. E, what do you think about Zach Bond, man? I know you watched him in college. Yep. I mean, he, he, just what you see, he's a sideline to sideline guy. Can't rush the passer. I mean, he is good, pretty good in coverage. I think he is better rushing the passer, though. I mean – like you mentioned, the NASCAR package. I mean, if, if there's somebody, you said this guy was a former running back or whatever in high school. I mean, right. and ran track. You put those guys on the edge, and you don't run. Let them offensive alignment deal with them. Right. I mean, let them run the pass, rush the pass or whatever. You, right. I mean, you take what he does best, and you put him in those positions to be successful, or whatever. Right. I mean, whatever he does best, that's what you do for everybody on defense. You give them positions to where they where they thrive pretty much. Yep. The rushing the pass it seems like where he thrives. Yep. So I mean, hypothetically, knock on wood, if Davenport gets hurt or somebody like this, I mean you throw a, a Zach Ball in the game or whatever, so he can rush the pass. Right. So get those sacks. We gotta get off the field on third now. Yep. Even though we had I, I wanna say we was top ten in sacks last year, which was surprised the heck out of me. But yep. You see, we uh top ten in sacks. Uh, I think what we need to improve is turnovers. The year yeah. we won the Super Bowl, I think we was we was one of the best in the league and getting yeah, the ball and turning them over. So I think that's what we need to get back to. Right. Well, you know, like I said, I feel like uh, if he put his hand on the ground, he can get to the quarterback. That's a plus. But you don't want to handicap the kid and just say, "Okay, you do this well. Uh, we're going to put you right here." You want guys to develop. And you want them to – you want to maximize their potential. And I don't want him to be one of those guys that be one-dimensional because that's when he becomes expendable and you're not doing this guy any favors. You drafted him. You drafted him pretty high because you didn't have a second-round pick. Uh, so he was one of those guys that, that you selected in the third round. You wanted him, and you were shocked that he was there, okay? Adam Trotman was just kind of icing on a cake, so to speak. You wanted Zach Bond. You need a Zach Bond. So use this guy to the best 
of his ability, okay? Everything that he can possibly bring to this team, help him out. But he does have a, a lead in Demario Davis. I feel like it's going to steer him in the right direction yeah. and a leader in the locker room. We got um, good leadership on this team, too. Real good no leadership doubt. on the team on every level. Yep, no doubt. Uh, Miguel says, what are your thoughts? Uh, what do you think about Andrews P? Uh, e, I, I'll let you go ahead and start with that. What do you think about Andrews P? I believe uh, I, I was listening to one of your interviews, and I think one of the journalists said, I, I don't know who it was. He said that we got whooped up front against the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, and I think this is a big year for him, too. I mean, he did sign a big contract with the Saints. And I do think that, I mean, our offensive line, we, we got to get better, especially when it comes to, like, playoffs and getting whooped against the Vikings. That's, that's not a good look for us. We got a reputation that's having one of the best offensive lines in the league. But if we hurt – and just giving up sacks and giving up pressures and stuff like that, that Minnesota game, if you're getting whooped up front on your offensive line, I mean, <laughs> it is not a good look. But as far as interest being this injury, they say he's going to be out, what, three to four weeks, right? Yeah, about, so two, gonna, week, about two weeks, man. They okay. say two weeks. So this is a thumbs up about two weeks. So he should be good for the that uh, Tampa Bay game, uh, the first game of the year. But I do think he, he, he could – Stand be standing to, to to improve a little bit more too. Uh, last year, I don't know, kind of so so for him. I, I do think he can can improve. Uh, what he needs to improve upon, and maybe his footwork. Um, I mean, how to not be injured. I mean, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> how, how do you do that? <laughs> when I was at the airport, I seen his. I, I was his dad is in a wheelchair and I actually pushed his dad, and. Uh, and I, I, I told him to, you know, tell your son to have a nice game and everything. I think the week later he got hurt. Right. So you kind of just need him to just be healthy. Right. And whatever that is, uh, how do you stay healthy as an NFL player? <laughs> I don't injuries just jump, come up and jump and just bite you. So yeah, absolutely. E, I, I 100% agree with you. But honestly, E, I, I'm not going to be as uh, candid uh, as you are. Uh, talking about Andrews Pete here. Uh, Andrews Pete is soft. Uh, let, let's just call it spade a spade here. Um, shot that he actually got these fi these five uh, years, uh, $57 million. Don't know what the Saints was smoking or drinking that day when they decided to sign this guy back to a five-year deal. Andrews Pete is the softest guy on the offensive line. Now, he does some great things, okay? The the The, the – the, the moving from guard to left tackle when Ryan Armstead gets hurt in the season, that's great. But the guy is soft, okay? I mean, guys run over this guy like he a, a paperweight around this thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a, he's a bantamweight. Uh, I, I like the fact that he lost 30-sometimes in the offseason. I feel like it's going to help him with his, with his shiftiness, you know what I'm saying, moving. I feel like that was one of the reasons why the Saints lost to Atlanta. And they lost to the Minnesota Vikings in a wild card game because him alongside Larry Wolford were too damn big. Okay, I like the fact that he lost 30 pounds. It helps him. But look, there's some things that cannot be taught. Okay, toughness cannot be taught. It's rather you born with it or you're not. Heart is something that cannot be taught. It's rather you're born with it or you're not. 
Address Pete is soft, okay? Cottonelle tissue soft. <laughs> Pasta Pete pillow soft, okay? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mr. Pillow as seen on TV soft. That is what he is. It is nothing much you can do about it. But he's smart. And when you're a smart player, you can get away with some of the things that you lack, okay? For example, a guy that we really don't really like that much in New Orleans anymore, Anthony Davis. Great talent, but people say that he's soft. He can get you about 30 and 15, <laughs> but when it's playoff time, when it's time to step up and put your big draws on, <laughs> are you performing at a high level, okay? And the answer is no. Thus, Andrews Pete. I like him. Glad the same drafted him. Not mad that they uh, drafted him because he played in a pro-style offense and he was a damn good left tackle in college. But he's soft. And it's, it's nothing you can really do about it, E. You can lose 30 pounds. You can lose 100 pounds. I mean, you can go on the Simon system. You can you can uh, sweat to the oldies with Richard Simmons, for God's <laughs> sake. But... <laughs> But you can't teach toughness. I mean, you can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's what it is. Uh, Jerry Boyd says, just let your soul go. I can't hit that. I can't hit that fine set over. Just let your soul go. Man, I got that t-shirt. I wear a t-shirt on the day. So close. I can't hit that Fonsetto though. Uh, that just says TJ might have to give up podcasting for a singing career. I don't know which. Maybe the Dash on smoking with the Saints was smoking when they signed Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, because I definitely don't I definitely don't have a career singing. Uh Don says, give it up for Cedric Taglet. <laughs> and Watson. Uh John says, that's a good problem to have. A great defense makes our explosive offense even better. It's an exciting year to be a Saints fan. Well, John, it was exciting back in 2017 when they won like nine straight games. It was definitely exciting when it went 13 to 3 in 2018. They got screwed by the referees and NFL at large. I'm still mad about that. Yeah. And it, it, it was exciting in 2019 when it went 13 and 3, you know, only to lose to the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I have that same level of excitement. Look, I've been I've been a Saints fan since I look, I'm gonna say 1990 because I mean I don't remember 86 because I was born that year. Okay, so I'm gonna say about 90 when I can remember certain moments in my life i've been a Saints fan that long so i'm gonna say 30 years um i've seen some ups i've seen some downs my big brother e can uh, can attest to that um it's always been an exciting time to be a saints fan like honestly even when they suck i always look forward to the season always did so it is an exciting time but it's even better now that the team is, is really good uh Andrea says, uh, I'm here for y'all. We, we appreciate that, Andrea. Appreciate that. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Uh, Tim, once again, thank you very much for the $5. He says, is it just me? Or do the Saints have a better chance of winning a game when they come from behind than when they are supposed to sustain a lead? 
E, I'll let you go ahead and uh, tackle that comment right there. Uh, do you feel like the Saints have a better chance of winning a game, playing from behind, than actually sustaining the lead? I think Sean Payton thinks they probably have a better chance uh, <laughs> coming, you know, coming from behind and keeping the lead. I think that's right up his alley, though, or whatever. Don't you think? Them boys are, you know, just coming from behind because it just gives them a chance to throw the ball like he likes to about a million times all over the place. And when they have a lead, they, they're not going to run the ball. They're still going to throw the ball for some whatever reason. Right. The 49ers game, that was a good example. Yeah. I think they had a – like a 14-point lead at one point in that game, yeah, if I'm man, not mistaken. It was like, what, 27, 28, 14? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So – I think that's a game that they just let slip through right through their fingers or whatever. I just missed opportunities. And who's to say if they don't win that game, they don't go on to win the Super Bowl? Right. Well, e, look. Look, I don't care if they got the lead. Keep that. You know what I'm saying? As long as you have more points than the team that you're going up against at the end, I can care less. Okay, I don't care if you're down. I don't care if you're up. But I will say this, E. It is very frustrating. And I've said this, I say maybe, I say last week sometime on a podcast. I'm just sick and tired of watching this team struggle in games that they should blow their team out of the water that they're playing against. That's And, and, it, and it goes back to the slogan here on the State of the Saints podcast this season, by running a damn football. Why are you throwing the football all over the place with a 28 to 7 lead? 28 Stop. to 14 lead. Control Stop the clock. <laughs> control the time of possession. Mm-hmm. It's the important thing you can do with a lead. Okay? Keep that clock moving. In the words of Chris Berman, tick, 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 tick. That is what you want. So I don't mm-hmm. understand why they don't do that. I don't I don't feel like is it advantage of them coming from behind and actually having a lead? I just think it's the time of possession. And mm-hmm. the re- and, and, and the whole Sean Payton channeling his inner less miles for some apparent reason. When it comes to the clock management, he's channeling <laughs> his inner his inner Andy Reed for some apparent reason. I really just don't understand it. Run the damn. Football, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I mean, I always kind of get it. He, I know. Uh, Peyton says, TJ, are there any rookie running backs showing out at camp? Mm. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Nobody's showing out that's a rookie at camp right now. So it's pretty much the usual suspects, Peyton. Uh, so not many guys are showing up and showing out in that regard. Uh, Ray says, you realize the Chiefs would have signed Pete if the Saints didn't? It was a good signing, overpaid, but that's how the league is. Well, you, know, you, go, you can always overpay for offers and linemen. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You might as well. Yeah. If the dude, if you think the dude's supposed to be like three or 30 million, they're going to go over hit the free agent market, they're going to get 50 or 60 million or whatever. Probably ain't going to see nothing but 30 million out. Right. But you know, that's always how it's going to happen, though. You know, somebody always going to get overpaid. They didn't have you look like, how the hell did he get all that money? So every season is like that, though. Right. <clears throat> uh, it, you know, e, I, I understand. Like you said, I understand why you would. Look, it, it's not like I don't understand why they didn't draft that. I mean, why they drafted Andrews Pete. It makes sense. 
Who was a left tackle in college? Went to Stanford. I mean, you can't be no slouch going to Stanford. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you can't be half-stepping through life going to Stanford. That is the Harvard of the West Coast. So yeah, I get what it. they say. <laughs> exactly. So, I, I mean, I understand it. I mean, dude is soft. You know, I, I call it for what it is. He's soft. You know, cotton candy soft. Uh, Quilted Northern self, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like I, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't think of any other way to describe it. You just sell. Um, Keith Washington says, uh, "Thank you very much for the two dollars, Keith." He says, "All y'all talking smack. I'll catch y'all at the dome." Well, Keith, <laughs> you'll catch us at the dome if you actually make the team. Okay, we want you to make the team, <laughs> but you haven't made the team yet. Okay, so. So hopefully we catch you at the dome. Who that 504 boy says, nobody should be mad at AD. He did what he could, but the Pels refused to surround him with the right pieces. Another Davis equals Aaron Rodgers. Well, let me tell you this. Uh, Anthony Davis, he was a, a, a showman. Uh, he was exciting to watch. But... Uh, Let's not act like this guy didn't always get hurt. Let's not pretend like, you know what I'm saying, you, you had uh, Rajai and Rondo and you actually had a good, decent playoff run. You know what I'm saying? Let's not pretend like they didn't have Chris Paul at one time and I think they went to the Western Conference semifinals. Mm. Like, let's not pretend like the Pelicans, or at the time they were Hornets, but let's not pretend like they have not had some good seasons. Anthony Davis did not want to be here, folks. He did not want to be here. He fell into this whole clutch sports uh, psychological thing that they actually do to players. Oh, you're great. You're wonderful. You need to go to Boston. You need to go to Miami. You need to go to L.A. And he is a beast. He will forever be a beast. He he will forever be a walking, talking 25 and 15 around this thing. But at the end of the day, okay, it's about who wants it more. Who wants it more? And sometimes I just feel like Anthony Davis – is a center, and I mean he he is a point guard in a center's body. Okay, that that's that's the way I see him. You got to be able to get your big boy on. You can't be out there playing soft. You can't be out here channeling your inner Andrews Pete and be out here talking about you the best player in the league. E, I I, I mean you're a much bigger basketball fan than me. What do you think about Anthony Davis, man? I mean I think he is. You know, like you said, he is a beast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think New Orleans was as attractive as some of those other cities that you named. Absolutely. Probably why they couldn't get those players that you know he wanted. I'm surprised they still got Boogie Cousins down here or whatever for the five minutes that he was playing. It was a trade. But, uh, it was a trade, I mean, he used to make a trade. So, so the reality is, I mean, it's hard to get star players down here in New Orleans as you're talking about football or something like that. Basketball, right. Right. not so much. I mean, we got some guys coming up now. We got Ingram. Uh, we got Zion Williamson. I mean, he, he can stand and lose a, a few pounds. He, he got a history of being, you know, hurt too. But they basically pried Anthony Davis out of the Pelicans' hands, basically, and gave them Zion, Zion Williamson. You yep. know when they when, when, when Anthony Davis signed with the Lakers, you knew the Pelicans were going to get that first pick. Yep. I think the league was actually – they, they, they was they felt bad for getting Anthony Davis to the Lakers, oh. so they gave the Pelicans the first round pick. I think. Oh wait a minute now, hold on. 
So you're saying that the NBA sabotaged the lottery for the for the Pelicans? Are 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 you saying this on the State of the Saints podcast, EJ Jones, that the Pelicans and the NBA conspired for the first pick overall for them to acquire Zion? I need you to say this with your chest. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I do agree with that. Wow. I do agree. Wow. I mean, just look at it. I mean, basically, they traded Anthony Davis for who? Lonzo Ball and some first-round picks. And you just knew that first overall pick was Zion Williamson. You just knew that was what the trade was about or whatever. You could, man, like, why would you trade Anthony Davis? What, what could you get for Anthony Davis that the Lakers had on their team? Who would you want on the Lakers team pre-LeBron James? And Anthony Davis, who would you want off that team? Well, for Anthony Davis, for goodness sake. Right. <laughs> well, I will say this, though. Um, the Pelicans understood that he wasn't coming back. Okay? Mm. So they felt like they needed to get something for him. So they, they realized that, okay, man, we need to go ahead and trade this guy, get some value before he actually walks and we get absolutely nothing. So, I mean, the Pelicans got – some some really good players. Brandon Ingram is good. Yeah, he's turned into an all-star, yeah. Right, yeah. Josh, Josh Hart is decent. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, Lonzo Ball is, is developing to a solid point guard, and, yeah. and you got him alongside Zion Williamson, and then you got uh, Haynes and all these other guys that are on the team, you know what I'm saying, that are contributing. J.J. Redick, who signed a one-year deal, who knows he might come back because he still got he Drew Holiday. Yeah, mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, who I feel like needs to exit the stage left, but that's another story for another day. They have the talent uh, to be a playoff contender. All they need is a coach that yeah. can actually lead these guys where they need to be. I mean, you fire Alvin Gentry, bravo to that. I mean, I've been lobbying for that for I don't know how long. People defense, Mr. Defense optional. They play no defense, like none. That's straight-up Manador-style defense. <laughs> like – no defense. So, I mean, <laughs> in the five years he's been there, like no defense. Basically, his offense is get a rebound, push it down court, give it on, give it down to Davis, or give it down to Boogie, or something like that. When they had him, shoot the ball in about four or five seconds. That's the defense. Yep. All Terrible. offense. They don't Terrible. have defense. They still Bro, don't. E sixteen. They was up sixteen points against the Jazz. Gave that up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sacramento, they was up in that game. Gave that up. I mean, how, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I digress. Uh, Chris Berman says, TJ, that was the best impression of me I ever heard. I doubt that. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I back, cannot... back, 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 back. There it is. All right. <laughs> uh, Peyton says, uh, what you guys think? Do the offense look better? Uh, when Pete, uh, Pete Carmichael called the plays a uh, coach Payton. Uh, e, what do you think about that? Do they look better when Pete Carmichael called the plays or when Sean Payton called the plays? I like to see Pete Carmichael call most of the plays, to be honest. And it's the reason why. I think uh, Sean Payton gets too invested when he calls these plays. I, I think he feels like he gets in a rhythm. So Drew Brees got to throw the damn ball five times in a row, <laughs> which I don't like. And I think Carmichael should, you know, start calling a lot of these plays or whatever. Yeah, you're throwing some of the gadget plays and all of that kind of stuff. But, I mean, 
I want to see Carmichael call most of the plays at at worst. Peyton call maybe the first half and Carmichael call the second. Something like flip flop. I mean, right, whoever's right, doing, right, right. if they hot, let them keep calling plays for the rest of the game. But if if it's not working, just switch us. Do something like that. Gives uh all the teams something else to think about. But Peyton, he gets too invested in calling plays and he trying to live through Drew Brees and back when he was at Eastern Illinois. Right. Yeah. Shoot, too much. He definitely looked like one of those uh, parents who uh, who sucked, uh, couldn't couldn't cut the snuff, uh, couldn't <laughs> cut the mustard, and they got a son. You know what I'm saying that they won't live vicariously through. He do he do look like that at times. But look, Pete Carmichael, Sean Payton, Tomato Tomato. I mean, they basically the same in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? They 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 the same. It's like if, if Pete Carmichael called the plays, I just feel like it's Sean Payton calling the plays. Uh, Pete Carmichael, to me, there's a reason why he doesn't get called for a head coaching job. Because I think people actually just see that it's Sean Payton. You know, it's kind of like the Belichick, uh, you know, effect. You know, mm-hmm. all these coaches get these opportunities to coach other teams because of Bill Belichick. I mean, look at I mean, look at Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia does not <laughs> deserve to be nobody head coach. I mean, honestly, he was just a guy with his hat turned to the back and a pencil behind his ear. And all of a sudden, like, he coaching the Detroit Lions, and they suck, okay? It's kind of like that. I feel like he is one of those guys that are in, is in an organization, and he's living off of what Sean Payton's doing. He has the title of offensive coordinator, but let's be serious, folks. It is Sean Payton who is calling the plays. It is Sean Payton who is the mastermind. Pete Carmichael is the guy who gets him juicy fruit when he runs low. Okay. <laughs> like Pete, man, go up to go up to uh the road 101 and uh go to the concession stand and bring me some juicy fruit back. That is what <laughs> Pete, that was Pete Carmichael. That is who he is. No disrespect, Pete Carmichael. I'm pretty sure he adds a little something to it. Instead of Sean Faden saying run it to the right, Pete might say run to the left, and they might put it into the offense. But let's not act like this guy. Could change the world if Sean Payton gave him the duties of an offensive coordinator. Come on, man. Let knock it off. Knock it off. Okay. Like we'd be like, okay, okay, Pete, run it to the right. Okay. You said run it to the right. We'll run it to the right this play. And he might get about three yards and he might clap and be like, good job, Pete. But at the end of the day, <laughs> nobody is calling Pete Carmichael and saying, look, we want you to coach the Bills. Oh, we want you to coach the Vikings. Oh, we want you to coach the Niners or the Dolphins. Nobody ain't checking for no Pete Carmichael. I'm sorry, <laughs> Pete. I like you. But at the same time, let's just call it for what it is, man. You basically hiding and hiding the shadows of Sean Payton. Sorry, but it's facts. Uh, Anthony <laughs> Davis says, uh, I suck. Compared to Giannis, though, <laughs> I don't know about that, man. I mean, I, I think Anthony Davis is a little bit better than Giannis. Giannis is definitely the best player in the Eastern Conference, but uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, be Anthony better. Davis, he a better shooter. Yeah. If Giannis, if he ever learned how to shoot, that dude gonna be unstoppable. If, if Giannis could shoot like Anthony Davis, he'll probably average like 35, 40 points a game. That's like good Giannis is right now. Well, I will say this. They do have something in common. They both so. Uh, who that? Uh, Five hundred four four says everything you said is true, but I ain't mad for him for leaving. That's all I'm saying. 
Uh, I'm not mad at him for leaving. I, I get it. If you're talking about it from a marketing standpoint, I can't believe we talking about AD on the State of the Saints podcast. That's what we come to. <laughs> um, hey, that's what the people want. Look, I get it. If you're, if you're a businessman, I mean, man, you're an entrepreneur, man. You sell your artwork, right? So mm-hmm. all this is a great place, right? You're in a great place to sell artwork because, I mean, it's an artistic city. I mean, if you was to go somewhere like, I don't know, Cheyenne, Wyoming, you might have a harder time selling artwork, right? So mm-hmm. I, I get it. Him trying to build his brand, trying to move from a smaller market like New Orleans, who, let, let's just be serious about this. They actually love the Saints more than the Pelicans, even though they have Zion Williamson. Okay, Zion Williamson is great. He is the future face of the NBA. That's what they're pushing towards. I'm more of a John Morant type guy pushing. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he is a little bit above Zion as of right now. But he, a lot of people are considering uh, Zion Williamson the face of the NBA. I get it, but everybody loves the Saints. You know what I'm saying? The Saints are the team of, in New Orleans. I don't care if Zion go out there and score 81, 82, mm-hmm. beat Wilt Chamberlain record of, of 100. People are still going to be talking about what the Saints did on Sunday. Okay, mm-hmm. so I get it. But at the same time, that don't mean that he ain't soft. You know what <laughs> <Like, laughs> I mean? I got to go back to it. Uh, Phillips says, uh, we have a great player at each position on the team. It's no excuse this year. The offense is more versatile now than the last three years, and our defense can be dominant if we can stay healthy. Phillip, that's a good point. No excuses. Uh, Teron Armstead said it, E. He said Super Bowl or bust. Uh, yep. I agree. You know, And it's been Super Bowl or bust for the last three years. We're going to keep on uh, – we're going to uh, answer about two more questions here, uh, uh, read two more comments, and then we're going to get up out of here. Uh, who that also says if Jack Rob, uh, Jack Rabbit and Lattimore stay healthy, it's going to be hard to beat the Saints this year. I agree with that. It's been a long time since they had a, a, a number one and number two corner. Well, I don't think there's ever been a uh, – ever. <laughs> <laughs> ever. ever. I mean, ever. Never. Ever. Right. Not since I've been watching the Saints. I mean, maybe you can go back to the 60s and the 70s, but I right. doubt it. They, right. they never had really one good corner. They're right. about two – Bruh, hot garbage they didn't have in that secondary. Yep. Uh, P. Carmichael talking mad greasy right here. He says, keep talking. I know where you live, fool. Well, <laughs> if you know where I live, uh, you know what I'm saying, maybe you need to take those type of directions and apply them to your offense, and maybe you'll get a phone call from, a, <laughs> from an organization, you know what I'm saying, because they're like, dang, Pete know what he doing. Okay, so <laughs> – and shout out to P. Carmichael, though. Like I said, man, it's all fun and jokes. I love P. Carmichael, man. I think he does an outstanding job as an offensive coordinator. And I, I will say that they are they are more run-oriented when he, he does call the plays. I will say that. We've seen that in the absence of Sean Payton. And there have been um, opportunities for P. Carmichael to call plays. And um, he's been successful, man. Cut, uh, Pete. Right. <laughs> Cut, Pete. I don't hear much about uh, Callaway from Tennessee in camp. Is he still on the team? I thought he would be a backup speed receiver. Just my opinion. Uh, Da, uh, not much to really, you know, report about Callaway. Uh, he's probably gonna do most of his damage as a as a, a backup special teamer, you know. 
And uh, I, I feel like he's going to make the practice squad. I think the Saints like him a lot. But like we said earlier in the show, no OTAs, no minicamp. It's going to be hard for these guys to really just stand out like that, man. You got to be like a, a generational talent to stand out in this climate. You, you definitely do. Like You got to be like, I don't know, Peyton Manning or uh, Andrew Luck. Or, uh, right. I mean, somebody like that in order for you to stand out in a climate where you didn't have no offseason activities. Like, honestly, man, you, you got to think about this, man. This is like this is like transitioning, you know what I'm saying, from high school to college here, folks. You know, like it is a it's a great it's a transition. It took some time, man. You know what I'm saying? Like from me coming from high school out there, called by high school, transition to Dillard University my freshman year, you know, and going to Jackson State. It took some time, man, for me to make that adjustment. You're like, wait a minute. I, I ain't gotta, you know, nobody gonna tell me to do homework. Wait a minute. You know, I got to look at this syllabus to tell me when I need to complete this assignment. Like, it, it's tough. You know, so, I mean, we got to be patient with these guys, man. I'm pretty sure you're going to hear some things uh, down the line. And last, we got Peyton uh, coming in and said, trade Pete at the trade deadline and get something for him. E, do you think that the Saints could get something for Andrews Pete? I mean, yeah, you could. But is that really what you want to do? Yeah, like you did just get his dude sixty something million dollars, well, which means he your he's your starting uh, guard in the NFL. Right. So, what would you be trading him for? Right. Like who? What would you get in return for Edge Speed? Right. That's something you do after the season. Good you don't point. do that in the season. Yep. I mean, I wouldn't do it. I mean, I mean, we'll get Billy Blanks or Chuck Norris or something like that to kind of toughen them up <laughs> just for the season. And if you don't think he's tough enough after that, then you might go get Michael Jai White or somebody like that. But if that don't work, I mean, you can get rid of him after the season. But we, now we try to work with him or whatever, you know, during the season because we need him. Well, but after the season, I mean, if we if he getting hurt too much or you know too so, yeah, we get that boy out of there. Well, I don't know who in their right mind gonna trade for Andrews PE. You know. I don't know. You know, like maybe somebody on a cocaine binge or something like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or somebody uh that probably had too much to drink, probably you know, drunk texting the Saints and be like, man, let me get Andrews Pete. Uh I don't know what you can get for Andrews Pete, uh Peyton. You know, maybe this Zaxby cup that I'm drinking out of, maybe this tack that I'm holding in my hand, maybe a bacon egg and cheese McGriddle from McDonald's, or maybe you know what I'm saying, you probably can get a, a, a two-for-one coupon for him. But you damn sure ain't about to get nothing of any type of value for Andrews Pete the way he's been playing over the last couple of seasons. And, yes, I understand that he went to the Pro Bowl last season, but the Saints have a reputation for having a good offensive line. So you know what that says to all the media and people out there? Well, let's go ahead and look at the Saints. Let's, let's see on the offensive line, and let's add that person to the Pro Bowl. It's not really impressive, man. The Pro Bowl used to mean something back in the day. It used to be like, it used to validate you. It used to be like, man, I'm a Pro Bowler. It used to make you feel good to be a Pro Bowler. Now it's like, eh, you know, like, who hurt? Who got to get surgery? Okay, let's add that guy. It, it really doesn't have any value anymore, E. So I don't know what you're going to get for the guy. I really do not know. But I mean, Andrews Pete, if he has a good solid season this this year and and the Saints say, well, you know what? I don't know about Andrews, but he did have a good season. Maybe we can get something out of him. Maybe. But right now, I mean, bruh, I mean, you couldn't get a 
I, I don't even know, man. You, I mean, you couldn't get a two dollar worth of gas for that boy, right? Now, you know, like so. I mean, that's just God's opinion on that. So, uh, I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And as my big brother EJ's dog is barking in the background, uh, just like he's barking loudly, go ahead and shout <laughs> us out. You know what I'm saying? And hit us up on YouTube, YouTube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Like and share this video. Go to Facebook.com and follow us at State of the Saints Podcast. The audio version is available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio.com. Wherever you get your streaming, uh, you know, um, a podcast from, I'm pretty sure we're there. Even before we go, man, I know there's some things you have to plug, man. You, you know, um, your wife's boutique, your art uh, website, man. So let us know where we can find all those great things. Well, my wife's shop is on her Blisters Herbs Company. Uh, my brother, he'll, he'll have that on his uh, on his YouTube page, the uh, website and the address and everything that you can find it. But that's right here in New Orleans. She sells herbs. She does the beast things for the ladies. Uh, any kind of herbal stuff that you're dealing with, any kind of sickness, the COVID stuff, she has the uh, syrup or whatever to get you straight from that. Me personally, you can go to E. Jones, uh, my Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can go to any one of those, check out some artwork. Or if you just want to like and share some of my stuff, you can do that also. If you want to friend me, you can do that also. So, But my website is EmmanuelJonesArt.com. EmmanuelJonesArt.com, man. Check out his wife's website. That's going to be on the description below. And also his uh, webpage for his artwork is going to be in the description below, immediately following uh, these videos. So y'all check them out, man. I mean, great things happening with the State of Saints podcast, man. Coming up on Friday, um, I got a special guest, uh, Joe Novak, uh, Nowak, excuse me. Uh, he's part of the Advocate. He's going to be a guest on the State of the Saints podcast. And also Amy Just of the Advocate, man. She's going to be a special guest on Tuesday, followed by Delvin Bro, man. We know a lot of things happening with Delvin Bro. I know some of you probably read the article about him, man. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be talking to him, talking about his life, you know what I'm saying, with the New Orleans Saints and also life after football. So keep it locked right here to the State of the Saints podcast. Big things coming. Check out the interview that was just conducted by Jeff Dun- uh, with me and Jeff Duncan uh, that happened earlier today. Check it out, man. Let me know what you think. Like and share these videos, man. And please support the State of the Saints podcast in podcast form. You know what I'm saying? Like the audio version. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to push that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people, they, they're worthy. You know, they can't uh, look at the videos that we do, but you damn sure can hear it. You know what I'm saying? While you're sitting at the desk or you're working out. So uh, we're looking forward to trying to push the podcast in audio form. So please help us support that. That description will be in the description box as well. Till next time, from yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast, and my big brother, EJ Jones, all we got to say is, who that? Yeah.